0: Thank you for tuning in to the voice epilepsy podcast which has been brought to you by the bc epilepsy society and the international i am a voice for epilepsy awareness campaign the voice epilepsy podcast introduces a variety of topics related to epilepsy including medications treatment law employment surgery mental health stress and stigma among many others whether you are a person living with epilepsy or you have a personal or professional interest in epilepsy, the Voice Epilepsy Podcast is the podcast for you.
1: Hi, everyone. Uh, my name is Shirari. I'm from the Disability Alliance of BC. And for those of you who don't know DABC, we are a nonprofit organization that works. Um, in and around BC, but we're based in Vancouver, and we help uh, people with all sorts of disabilities live independently and with dignity in their community. Federal CPP disability benefits, um, and this is administered through Service Canada. So in order to qualify for CPP disability benefits, you have to be under the age of 65, Um, And if you're over the age of 60, you can't have been on early retirement for more than 15 months. And you have to have worked and contributed into the CPP program. So this doesn't work for someone who has never been able to work at all or um, for people who are maybe like new to Canada and haven't had an opportunity to work in Canada yet. This is for people who were working at some point and now are no longer able to work due to their disability. And of course you have to have a disability that is considered both severe and prolonged as defined by Service Canada's legislation. So what is considered severe according to Service Canada? Um, They define severe as any condition that would make a person incapable of regularly pursuing any substantially gainful employment. So that's kind of a convoluted term, but it basically means that someone is unable to do any kinds of work. So that means um, not full-time work, not part-time, not seasonal, um, and not, for example, an easier job than the job that they've been doing their whole life. So it means they can't do any types of job, types of work and they're unable to kind of retrain in order to be able to do a different kind of work. So they're not able to go back to school or take a course or get some kind of certifications either. And prolonged means that a disability is likely to be long continued and an in infinite duration or is likely to result in death. So, the idea behind the idea of prolonged is that this disability is going to stay with someone for the rest of their life and it's going to make them unable to work, um, likely for the rest of their life. So, this is not one of those short term disability benefits, it's not for someone who um, is is planning on going back to work in the next year or so. So earlier I mentioned kind of contributing into CPP and making sure that you have enough contributions. So the way that that works is what Services Canada calls the minimum qualifying period. Um, So the minimum qualifying period is the period of time that a person has to have worked and paid into CPP before they become disabled. So before they have to show that their disability was severe and prolonged. So in order to qualify, you have to have worked and played into CPP benefits for at least the last four out of six years. So that could be the current last four out of six years, or it could be the last four out of six years before someone's disability became so severe that they couldn't work anymore. So a lot of the times people don't realize that these kinds of programs exist or they're so busy taking care of their health that they don't have time to apply for these. So that's fine as long as you can show that medically, um, you, were, you, were, you had a disability to the point that you weren't able to continue working um, by the end of your qualifying period which is that four out of six years. Um, And so a lot of people might go, okay, well, I don't really know how much I've contributed or when I've contributed and if I have that four out of six years of contributions. So the best way to make sure that you have enough contributions and what years you've contributed is to request a statement of contributions. And that can be done in a myriad of different ways but kind of the best way to do it is either to call Service Canada um, at that number that's provided right there um, and at that number you can just let them know that you need a statement your statement of contributions mailed to you and they'll mail it or if someone has a My Service Canada account which I know right now because of all the COVID benefits quite a few people did have a My Service Canada account um, you will be able to access your statement of contributions through your My Service Canada account. What does the CPP application form look like? So the CPP application form is one long application that's meant to be filled out by the applicant themselves. So there's different sections to the form that includes asks for things like personal information, um, whether or not someone is married, whether or not someone has worked outside of Canada, information about their medical conditions, information about doctors they've seen, their work history, um, and then of course like signatures and declarations. They do ask this information because it's all relevant. So for example, if someone is divorced, they're able to do what's known as a credit split, which will divide someone's um, credits evenly for the period of time that they were married or in a common-law relationship. So this can be really beneficial for people who were either a low-income earner while they were married or If they didn't work at all while they were married and are now divorced, they are able to access some of those benefits. Um, If someone didn't, uh, for example, worked for a period of time outside of Canada um, or is new to Canada, Canada does have some social security agreements with different countries and you're able to check those to see if you're able to get your work credits transferred over from a different country so that you are able to qualify for CPP disability as well. So those are some good things to note if you're also unsure about whether or not someone might qualify for this program. Uh, There is also a medical report. It's a lot shorter than the Provincial Disability Medical Report, but it's filled out entirely by the doctor. Um, And the most important questions are found on the last page, which is the two questions that ask, um, did you recommend that this patient stop working? And you want that answer to be, yes, I recommended that this patient stop working. And then this, the second most important question that it asks is from a strictly a medical standpoint, do you expect this person to be able to return to work? And you want that answer to be no. Um, this will give someone the highest chance of being approved. And usually anything other than those two answers end up in an automatic denial. You also want to make sure that what the medical report has written down and what the application portion that's meant to be filled out by the applicant themselves, um, that the information matches up as much as possible so that you have the highest chance of getting approved. Um, So CPP disability rates actually fluctuate based on how much someone has contributed into CPP themselves. So um, it starts out at a base rate of $496 and then it goes up based on um, how many years and how much money someone has contributed into CPP themselves. The current maximum is sitting at $1,362.30. For people who are approved for CPP disability, they also have a child of disabled contributor portion. So if the child is under the age of 18, um, the parent will receive $250 a month per child. If the child is over the age of 18, but under the age of 25 and attending full-time school, that money will go to the child. Um, if someone is approved for CPP disability benefits, Because it does take usually around six to eight months for someone to, for Service Canada to adjudicate CPP disability benefits, um, they will actually backdate the application to the date of application. Um, That means you'll receive all the months worth of money um, for all the months that you were waiting to hear back from Service Canada. This is a taxable benefit, which is important to note because. PWD is not a taxable benefit, um, and CPP disability is. And if you're getting a lump sum, um, that might be a little bit tricky for someone to work out on their taxes. However, it's best to talk to an accountant about that. Um, If someone is on CPP disability benefits and decides that they want to start working again or returns to work, once they make $5,500, they have to call Service Canada and let them know. If someone is already on PWD benefits and then they apply for CPP disability benefits, it is deducted dollar per dollar from their provincial PWD benefits, which means, for example, um, if someone's receiving like $800 from CPP disability, that amount will get deducted from their provincial disability benefits. Now on the flip side, if someone's on CPP disability benefits, and not on PWD benefits, as long as they financially qualify for PWD benefits, they can automatically apply for what's known as a prescribed class PWD application. That means that they don't have to go through the medical process of applying for CPP. They just need to prove that um, financially they qualify. I know I threw a lot of information out there, I hope that that was helpful, but if anyone has any questions, um, would like to apply for one of these programs, needs help in any kind of way, we are always available, so you can email us at advocacy at disabilityalliancebc.org, you can call us at 604-872-1278, or you can visit our website where we have a lot of help sheets that kind of explain a lot of the programs that we help with, but more in depth and can provide examples and details on those help sheets as well. And obviously once COVID's over, you can come visit us in our office, but currently we are closed. Thanks so much. And I hope that that helped.
0: Thank you for joining us for another Voice Epilepsy podcast episode. Don't forget to follow us on all of our BC Epilepsy Society, and I am a Voice for Epilepsy Awareness social media platform. In closing, remember, you matter, and we are here for you. We hope you'll make Thursdays our epilepsy date night, and tune in to the Voice Epilepsy Podcast on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts.